Support for KXSF comes from Mr. Music Head, the ultimate music gift shop serving Los Angeles and the world since 1998. Mr. Music Head specializes in art that celebrates music, including paintings, photos, drawings, sculptures, prints, and concert posters. You can order online or schedule an appointment to visit their Sunset Boulevard location at mrmusichead.com. Thanks for supporting KXSF. You are listening to KXSF LP San Francisco. And this is our brand new show, Community Matters. What is Community Matters? It is a show spotlighting Bay Area organizations seeking to fill the social, economic, environmental, arts, cultural, and other needs of our diverse community. Every week we will have one and sometimes more than one nonprofit and other groups making changes that San Francisco and our surrounding areas are a better place to live. And we're thrilled to kick it off with North Bay Jobs with Justice, which is a grassroots coalition of more than 30 labor and community organizations in Sonoma, Napa, and Marin counties. And here uh, with us is Maxwell Alper, who is the executive director. Max, it's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course, as always. Uh, so let's just get right into it. Uh, Tell us about what is the, a little bit of the history of North Bay Jobs with Justice, uh, how it came to be, and what its current mission is. Yeah, so uh, North Bay Jobs with Justice, we're a, a coalition of um, over 30 community and labor organizations uh, north of San Francisco and Oakland. So, you know, Marin, Sonoma, Napa counties, um, and uh, really initially came together nearly a decade ago. Uh, you know, around uh, around the questions of the, the the workers who were really being left out uh, in our economy, and so there was a lot of work around the uh, the living wage, uh, which was really to to lift up the bottom uh, of what workers were making. Um, and then, you know, in this in these last nine years, have successfully passed living wages and minimum wages um, throughout the North Bay. Have supported thousands and thousands uh, of different workers, healthcare workers, hospitality workers, uh, construction workers, to be able to make sure that they're you know getting the dignity that they they deserve. Um, and then now we're we're really uh, have a real focus at the intersection of uh, economic, racial, and climate justice, um, and looking at who are the the workers. Uh, and working class communities that are most deeply impacted um, by climate change. And so in our area, you know, we have been, uh, we've seen uh, devastating wildfires year after year. Um, and on those front lines are our immigrant and indigenous farm workers uh, who are working in, in the wine grape vineyards um, who have been you know, the most impacted and now are starting to, to stand up and, and really demand um, that they be recognized and respected. And so that, that's been a real focus for us lately. Great. And so I, I'm sure we'll get into how uh, all of that is being enacted and some of the specific programs that that you have going on right now but how would you say that the mission especially with right now everyone is talking about climate change when we have these like these devastating hurricanes devastating floods that are impacting so many parts of the world uh how would you say that your the organization has it become more climate focused than it was in the past yeah i mean i think i think that you know there's there's been uh you know, always been work around climate. I mean, we we were after the 2017 uh, wildfires, the Tubbs fire that 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 burned significant portions of of Santa Rosa. Uh, we we created something called the Alliance for a Just Recovery, uh, which was really bringing together environmental groups, labor groups, community groups to to think about and and organize in terms of how how would we respond and 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 redevelop um, in a more equitable and more uh, just way. Um, and so that was, I think, a really a moment of bringing together those different worlds. And along that, <clears throat> the same time, there was organizing that was happening by uh, the uh, solid waste and recycling workers here. Um, and, and that really created a very interesting coalition where the workers were standing up, you know, for for respect and for better wages and health care. Um, and at the same time, there was community uh, and environmental campaigns around zero waste. Um, and so those really came together and 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 were really seen as 
you know, that workers standing up for themselves could help them be able to have a voice to be able to advocate uh, for uh, for things like zero waste. And so now there's been, you know, really incredible movement forward on that. Um, and then I would say since, you know, in the last five years, it's just climate change, it changes everything in terms of how how uh, people live in this community. And uh, and as usual, it's it, while we're all impacted, it doesn't impact us all in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really, I think there's a lot to, um, the, in terms of how, how do the lowest wage workers and the wealthiest uh, industry here get treated as the crisis worsens, really says a lot about us as a community um, and that we all need to pay attention to. And then at the same time, uh, there are ways in which uh, many of the, the the farm workers and landscapers and disaster restoration workers um, have incredible knowledge and experience in terms of their relationship with the land and how to be in more right relationship uh, with the land um, from their both their lived experiences working here uh, in in the North Bay, as well as in their homelands in Mexico. And so there's a lot that I think we all can do to listen uh, to to the immigrant and indigenous workers here that can be helpful for all of us in terms of building resiliency. Okay, so what are some of the things that they're saying that we should be listening to? Yeah, so I think you know first, um, you know we went out and and did a bunch of surveys with with farm workers to understand what were the most urgent needs that uh, that agricultural workers had during wildfires, during smoke, extreme heat, drought, um, and you know the first thing that that we found was um, the importance of of language justice, which is really to make sure um, that workers can get trainings in the languages. Um, that they prefer and that they understand. And, um, you know, and this is, you know, the reality um, is that, you know, about, you know, there's a significant number of indigenous farm workers, you know, here in our community in the North Bay, but throughout all of California. And the most recent um, studies by the California Institute for Rural Studies found that 20% of farm workers in California are indigenous. And so there are people in our community who speak um, Chatino, Triqui, Mixteco, Zapoteco, Maya, as well as other indigenous languages. And there's a basic safety issue here to make sure that people are understanding um, and com- really comprehending um, safety and evacuation trainings in their in their preferred language. But it's even deeper than that, which is that it's it's really Im- important that um, you know these are languages that have been passed down. You know, they're oral languages that have been passed down for generations, um, and it's it's low wage workers who are doing this important work of really maintaining and preserving and and building on the legacies of these languages. Um, And we should all be really respecting that because we know we lose in uh, on this planet, we lose nine languages a year. And when we lose languages, we lose culture and knowledge. I mean, I I just came from, uh, from, uh, from Petaluma, uh, talking to a, a, a worker leader in the Chatino community, Maria Salinas, um, who is who is doing every Sunday. She does classes for kids uh, in an old barn where um, uh, next to where she lives to teach uh, kids how to speak Chatino so that they can really maintain these languages. Um, and that should be really appreciated and respected and not just dismissed. Um, so, so language justice is one of the first things. So how uh, widely spoken is Chatino and some of the other indigenous languages? Yeah, and so it's um, as I mentioned, it's it, you know, the most recent studies are twenty percent uh, of farm workers, and it's uh, it's an increasingly uh, growing number of people as well, right? One of the the things is understanding how the demographics and immigration um, are 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 shifting. Um, you know, because of a lot of lot of different uh, factors in people's homelands, including that um, you know there there's significant impacts in in Oaxaca and other regions around erosion from climate change that is actually part of pushing people um, out of their homelands, and so you have a situation here where people have to leave 
their homelands that they've lived on for you know thousands and thousands of years um, because of climate change, and then are finding themselves now on the front lines of climate change again in in the wildfires. And so this is um, you know the the I think that it's it's really it's important that there's this kind of visibility around indigenous communities because you know the reality is we live. Uh, in in a time of uh, you know of of, of genocide um, and of extreme racism uh, against uh, you know uh, BIPOC people, especially indigenous people, and so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of hiding that can happen in terms of people's um, people's culture and their language, and so really bringing it to front and center and honoring it uh, is is really important. Um, a, and it has been has been a really really significant piece of our work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, I was wondering about that, and then I know since we're talking right now about this piece of climate justice in relation to farm workers and wildfires, can you maybe talk a little bit about the how the campaign of five for farm workers went from just how it was conceptualized and sort of the trajectory to where you were able to get some of the things you wanted from the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors. Actually, you know, so let's, I need to make, let's do a quick break because I know this is going to take a few minutes. Uh, so we'll be, uh, let's get back to the second. First, we just would like to thank Charles Neal Selections for their generous support of KXSF. San Francisco Community Radio. Since 1998, San Francisco-based Charles Neal Selections has been an importer, distributor, and distributor of fine wines and spirits for wholesalers, retail stores, and restaurants across 17 states. Learn more about Charles Neal's focus on importer on imports from family-owned operations throughout France by visiting the website at charlesnealselections.com. Thank you for your support. Okay, let's let's get to this, Max. Let's let's talk about five perform workers because. When you and I first started talking about it, it would it had passed the conceptualization stage to being already a campaign, and now it's gone so much further. So if if you don't mind just walking the listeners through this process, because I think that you hear about the work that organizations do, and anyone who's ever worked for any sort of a nonprofit or an organization that is involved in doing community work knows that it's it can be really tedious. But I think for probably the vast majority of people who don't have experience in this area might not not might not be so aware of how much work and how much of a process it is to get something that starts off as just a small idea to become something that could have such an impact. Yeah, I mean, and so I think you know, for us, it really starts off uh, with 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 listening um, to to workers, and so that's why we did a, a whole series of surveys. And then, you know, from there, it, it, we really spent a lot of time uh, about building up the leadership of farm workers themselves, because in the end of the day, that's that's what really produces uh, change is is when, you know, the most impacted people are are taking leadership and, and their voices are really, really heard and they're making decisions about what matters most uh, in their lives. And so we really took a lot of time to 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 work with farm worker leaders um, to develop their leadership so that they could be going out and doing the surveys and really understanding what was happening in their own community um, and then developing out of that a series of a series of recommendations which are the the five for farm workers and fires so how, how do you go about training them to do it like for instance how do you identify who are who are going to be the farm, who are the leaders? And then how do you go about the process of, of teaching them how, how to do what you you need for them to do to get the information that you need? Yeah. And so it's it's really um, you know, from from our perspective, uh, the the in every in every community there's there's leadership already. Um and and there's, you know, who we always try to look at, okay, who are the people who really care about the other people, their their coworkers, their family members, their neighbors, right? Who are the people who are um, who are going out of their way to give people rides or to throw birthday parties? You know, who's organizing the family get-togethers, right? Where where the way that the people are structuring their lives uh, already? 
Um, and then it's really because people are taking leadership constantly in their lives and their communities. And then it's really, you know, being able to connect with those folks and understand, you know, what is it that that their community needs? And then how do they be able to, to play that same role that they play all the time, um, but in a way that builds up uh, people power? And so then, you know, trainings uh, are, are really about, about people feeling um, confident in themselves um, and clear in, in what they want and what they believe, and then helping people be able to have conversations uh, with people that really elicit what are their ideas, what are what is their vision, and then really challenges people to say, okay, if that's what we want to do, if that's what our vision is, you know, are we willing to to take risks to make that happen? Um, and 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 then when you do that and it starts working, you know, at first you don't know if it's going to work, and there's a lot of fear and and anxiety. Um, but then when you start to see it it function, uh, people people gain more confidence, and with that more confidence, people are willing to to do more to to stand up for for what they believe in. Okay, so. Uh... So you do the trainings and then you start to formulate what you think you should be campaigning on based on the feet. Well, well you do, they do, you do the trainings and then they go into the field and they report back to you and then you formulate what the campaign should be based on. Yeah. And it's, and it's all, and then it's really about building, building up structures and a, and a base because, you know, it's not good enough to, to just be right. Uh, you have to have power, and the reality is, in this in this world, um, you know, wealthy people, corporations um, have a tremendous amount of money um, and can use that money uh, for for influence. And and we as working people, we don't have that, but what we have is ourselves and our times and our stories and our energy. And so what we have is people power. And so it's you really got to build um, structures of, of people who can stand up together and say, we believe this and we, we demand this. Um, and if we could get enough people together who are willing to, to stand up, then, then we can make amazing things happen. So how do you go about getting that people power? Yeah, I mean that, and that that really takes uh, the hard work of, of of organizers and workers getting out there and talking to people, having conversations, and always asking people. You know, if you want to, if you want to organize, if you go around telling people what to do, uh, no one's going to want to do it. Uh, you really got to start with asking people and understanding. You know what is it that people really need in their own lives, um, and then when that's clear, then then showing people, look, we have a plan uh, where we can achieve that together, um, and inviting people to to join in that in that plan together with us. So the organizers that you're talking about are those people who work for like are working with you at North Bay Just with Justice. Um, yeah, so we we have organizers in our organization, but then we're really training. Uh, uh, workers as organizers, sure. um, because you know that's there's it's really important that the the you know as we're building this, uh, it's really about the most impacted people stepping up and and having that leadership, and so that that uh, the way of, of of workers transforming themselves into the organizers is really the most important thing. Okay, so before moving on further along with the process, I do want to ask you this because I know it's a sensitive subject. That when you are you're talking about like empowering and organ empowering workers, uh, when you when the workers are people who are, you know, let's say immigrants, indigenous, you know, BIPOC, and the organize like say the people with your organization. I'm not saying this is specific to your organization, but I think this is a this is an issue with the organizations when you have people in the organizations who are white. Uh, or if let's say it's a gender issue where it's something that's really you're specifically trying to find programs for people who are queer or, or female identified and you just and the you're you have the people in the organization are mostly male it, it can create I mean it, I guess at a, one extreme it can create friction but even if there's not friction uh, there may not be this imme immediate comfort that people have so how do, how do you bridge that so that you can effectively you communicate and and really 
and, and create a successful program where, yeah, you, no, I think, where you're going to get buy-in from the, from the workers, the people. Totally. Well, I mean, I think that that's, it's a really important and challenging uh, question. And, you know, I mean, for me, so I've, I've been, you know, as a, as a white guy, I've been organizing with uh, low wage immigrant workers for, for over 20 years. Um, and most of the, the, the workers that I've organized with are, are women. And so there's, there's a lot of differences in, in, in our experiences. And I, I think it's really important that, you know, at, we all got to be really honest about who we are. And, and I think like, it's really important. I don't know what it's like to be an immigrant woman worker in this, in this community. And I'm never going to pretend that I do. Right. I, I've got to really approach this from perspective of true solidarity. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. I'm really in this struggle to be in it together, to fight for the world that we, we all deserve. And so I think that that really means that it, we have to approach it from a perspective of deep respect um, for and with the people that we're organizing with. And, and that means also being, being really honest and vulnerable ourselves um, and willing to talk about what are the hard things uh, for, for me and my life and being willing to share and build real deep relationships with people. And then it means being willing to work really hard. Right. And, and this is not, this is not something that uh, me or other people uh, who are organizers, it's not really a nine to five uh, kind of job. Uh, this is about something that has to be, um, if you're doing it because it's a job, uh, people are smart and they can tell, they can tell. Um, but if you really, if you, if you bring uh, your, your, your passion and your strength and your vulnerability into it, um, and, and, and most importantly, really listen uh, and be humble and be willing to, to be in, in it with people uh, when things get hard. Um, and then I think it's really, it's really important that we, we build organizations that are made up of and by and for the people who are who are moving the the organizing and you know we have a, a great uh, a great team at at North Bay Jobs with Justice I'm I'm the only white guy on the team and it, we've got amazing there's amazing organizers who are from you know immigrant worker families uh, who are standing up and fighting and are leading are leading these fights and so I think it's really it's important uh, as white people in building, in building with and in, in movements that are are led by by BIPOC uh, folks, is that there's got to be a lot of humbleness, a lot of vulnerability, and then a willingness to work really hard. We need to take another quick break, uh, but we'll be right back. If you're just tuning in, this is Community Matters, and our guest is Max Bell Alper, the executive director of North Bay Jobs with Justice. And we would like to uh, just let everyone know about the community, community Music Center in San Francisco, which is a vital hub for music education and performance anchored in the city's Mission District and the Outer Richmond. Founded in 1921, CMC is a nonprofit organization providing high quality music instruction to anyone, regardless of financial means. That's 100 years of love of music, love of music and love and music, inspiring students to reach their fullest potential. For information on classes, summer camps, or how you can help CMC enrich scholarships for in-need students, please go to sfcmc.org. That's sfcmc.org. Okay, so let's get back to our discussion here. So we were, we were talking about the process of having an idea for, for something that will make an impact, and then the process to getting it to where you actually are making the impact. So with five for five, Five for Farm Workers, you created this campaign around five different topics, five different issues. So, and those, what were the five topics were? Yeah. So, um, so in addition to language justice that we were just talking about, um, there's also uh, disaster insurance. Um, so uh, wage replacement when people are not able to work uh, because of, of the, the impacts of climate change. Um, uh, uh, hazard pay for when people are working um, in hazardous situations like uh, unhealthy air quality, um, uh, community safety observers in order to make sure that people are safe in these conditions, and then lastly, clean bathrooms and water. Okay, so, and it was around the time that you were 
I think launching this campaign that I became aware of it and started talking to you. So, so what, how do you get people and how do you get support so that you can actually take this, this campaign and turn it into a policy? Yeah. And so, you know, we, uh, first and most important is, is really, a. Uh, 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 workers, you know, owning this and and really being the leaders of it, and then you know we went out first um, in in 2021 uh, and and talked with all all parts of this uh, this world, right? So we were out there talking to wineries and vineyards uh, and vineyard management companies and contractors and elected officials and community organizations and all kinds of businesses, and so we went out just to sort of big blanket approach to make sure everybody knew what was happening. And then there, uh, an opportunity uh, developed in that the uh, Sonoma County Board of Supervisors uh, was, uh, uh, was developing a, uh, a policy around evacuation zones and who would get access to those evacuation zones. So we really focused in on, on that, um, you know, because that was really um, at the local level, elected officials were supposed to represent our community, making decisions about, um, you know, about the question of some of the wealthiest companies uh, in the world sending in the lowest wage workers. Um, and so then, you know, with that, we went out there and uh, and got uh, got a lot of support from over 100 businesses and organizations that were willing to support this policy. And then we did a number of, of public actions um, uh, to demonstrate the strength and support that the workers had. Um, and then we're able to to succeed in getting the Board of Supervisors to pass a policy that included three of the five uh, for farm workers. And so which ones were you able to get past? Yeah, so um, so that included uh, disaster insurance. So there was um, over uh, there's a million dollars that was allocated uh, for workers who lose out on income uh, with uh, because of, of climate change. Um, language justice. So now trainings around evacuations and safety have to be offered in the languages uh, that uh, the workers prefer, uh, including indigenous languages, and then a reiteration of, of the necessity of clean bathrooms and water, um, even in wildfire evacuation zones. And then of the remaining two, um, we were uh, the community safety observers, the community was able to just meet that demand. And we have had during the harvest now, We've had um, dozens of community safety observers uh, who've been trained and we have teams going out to observe the harvest every single night, every single early morning um, during this entire harvest season. Uh, and then the last one is hazard pay, which we were able to get um, Gallo, which is uh, one of the largest growers in Sonoma County agreed uh, to hazard pay to pay uh, time and a half uh, when workers are working in uh, air quality that's over 150 uh, on the AQI scale, which is considered unhealthy. Um, and so now that's a huge victory there. And we're asking the whole industry to follow um, follow that uh, that protocol to make sure that workers can be can be respected during these times. So Gallo's doing that for their workers. So it's that's just completely private. Of the three that you were able to get past, and I guess, you know, the bathrooms and, and clean water, but then uh, disaster insurance and uh, language justice, is it the city that's overseeing it or or, or is it just saying that, or is it just that this is now a requirement of all the wineries and growers? Um, so this is so it's the county of Sonoma. Um, so it's the, for the entire county. Um, and then now it is, uh, it's a requirement in order for any uh, uh, one who is applying for an, a, a no, excuse me, um, for anyone who's applying for um, access to uh, an evacuation zone, then has to meet those uh, requirements. Okay, great. Well, so I, I do want to talk about some of your other work, but uh, I just now that you that this has actually moved from you know moved along. And how long did it take you really from when you started working on this? Like it was like an idea and then you started just doing surveys with the workers to see what their, their needs were to having that meet, having that uh, board of supervisors meeting and, and getting this passed. What was the time frame? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we uh, started, uh, it was June of last year 
that farm workers uh, first went public uh, with their their five for farm workers, and then um, just uh, at the end of August, uh, the board of supervisors voted uh, on this. So it was just a little over a year. So would you say that a little over a year or so? Would you say that's a a long time for something to happen? Would you say that's kind of par for the course, or does it really depend on on this? On what it is? I mean, I think it's you know it's always um, it's always a question of um, of you know how strong can we can we build up the worker power? And you know, I would say that. This this feels like um, you know it's a really big deal, especially since we've had uh, five years uh, of um, the county having an interim, you know, ad hoc um, policy here, um, and now you know within just a year of workers standing up and fighting, um, this is happening, and so it feels like uh, very very you know it comes from that strength of workers. So this was Sonoma County. I know your purview is also Napa and Marin. Do you have any plans of trying to do something similar in those counties? Yeah, I mean we're we're getting a lot of um, a lot of interest right now from workers uh, in other counties who are contacting us, um, and including you know there's uh, we had some support. Um, from the uh, California Latino Legislative Caucus, uh, uh, which wrote a letter, um, you know, especially the leadership of Senator Durazo and Assembly Person uh, Guiar Curry, um, was very helpful in in writing a letter uh, from the Latino Legislative Caucus in support of these uh, policies, um, and and so there's a lot of interest also statewide uh, in in these in these changes. And, you know, Sonoma County has really been on the front lines of wildfires and is now really on the lines of their response to those. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about some other things that that North Bay Jobs with Justice does. Uh, like, for instance, I, I know that in addition to you've been healthcare is another priority. Uh, you know, that's, yeah. uh, you know, I saw something also about uh solid race and recycling, but uh, it seems to just, yeah, if you could tell us everyone about some of the other work that you're currently doing and maybe some of the successes you've had in the past. Yeah, and so from a, uh, the perspective of, of the workers in healthcare, as well as the um, the access to, to healthcare, and so we have a healthcare for all working group, um, which has really been um, part of you know pushing for a um, you know Medicare for all or universal healthcare, because um, we believe everyone should have the right to, to have healthcare. And at the same time, you know some of the sometimes the the healthcare professionals are not being treated. Uh, with with the respect that they deserve. And so, you know, we've uh, been out there when, uh, you know, workers at the local hospital um, have been have been on strike uh, or more recently, um, the uh, the mental health care workers uh, at Kaiser who are going on, who have been on strike now for uh, over two months, um, you know, and, and for from their perspective, this is not really about trying to win more money, but actually you know they they really care about providing good mental health care and and oftentimes right now patients in Kaiser it's taking them six seven eight weeks to be able to get to see a therapist and then um, after they are able to finally see a therapist then it's another six seven or eight weeks to be able to see your therapist a second time um, and so that's really a concern for the healthcare workers and so we've you know mental health care workers so we've really been there uh, you know with them uh, to, to make sure that they they have a you know that their rights are respected as well well it sounds to me like what you're proposing like in addition to this is a basically at least in the state of California you're advocating for a single-payer form of health care yep. is that something that you're like it is, is that something that goes beyond just an a, like an opinion or a stance, but was something that you're actively advocating for right now? Yeah, I mean, this is um, yeah. So through our healthcare for all working group, uh, we've been we've been part of that. Uh, you know, both pushing that on the statewide as well. Uh, you know, as nationally, um, and so that that's something that you know it 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 really is. 
uh, for many workers, you know, you you fight hard to be able to to win a raise, but then the cost of your healthcare goes up. And so all of a sudden, you know, you're actually not not really achieving anything. And if we could have a system in place that would really allow everyone to have healthcare, um, that would that would really free up workers to be able um, to to be able to, to actually win the raises that they need. So and what are the actions that you're taking now or what are the behind the scenes work that you're doing to try to get this passed? Yeah. And so, you know, this uh, earlier this year, uh, there was a lot of uh, work on the um, in California around uh, passing single payer um, right in right now that you know, that wasn't um that wasn't able to be moved by the the legislature and so there's uh there's a bit of a pause until next year when it's going to kick back uh again but you know we're part of statewide coalitions that are really working on that um and then you know really making sure that our um our our local um are you know the the people who represent us um, uh, are really following the needs of our community, and so we you know we had some local legislators who were kind of on the fence about it, and we met with them, and people did actions, and we were able to actually move them um, to be able to to get to a place uh, where they were supportive. So what what do you think? Do you think you'll be able to pass it? You know, I mean, I think it's a it's it is a it's a very uphill battle um, because there's so much money, uh, so much money to be made, and so many profits to be made in healthcare. Um, and so I think it really um, it takes all of us, you know, really really fighting together on this and and building up enough strength to say that look, our our lives and our our healthcare matters more than. The corporate profits uh, for a few in healthcare, and and I think that part of that is you know is more and more of us just being honest about how this has played out in our own lives, um, because you know I I see it right now in terms of my my mom is dealing with health uh, with um with cancer again um, and has had you know different treatments delayed because of having to wait and get approvals. Um, on on her healthcare because she has she, you know she she doesn't have the best healthcare and that's it's heartbreaking to have that happen you know to my mom and in our own family and no one should be making a profit off of the fact that my mom is dealing with cancer again and we should all just be approaching that from what's the best way to take care of the people who are in real need and every single one of us has stories whether it's ourselves or family members who are going through these hard times around healthcare. And we need to be honest and talk about that and then hold these corporations accountable. Yeah. Well, we need to take another quick break. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. You are listening to KXSF LP San Francisco. This is Community Matters. I am Pamela Louie, and I am speaking with Max Bell Alper, who is the executive director of North Bay Jobs with Justice. If you're in the music industry and find yourself struggling emotionally, there is now an easy free place to turn for help. Backline is a mental health and wellness resource hub specifically for artists, support crew, and their families. On Backline's online portal, find a therapist, join a weekly virtual support group, or sign up for yoga or meditation. KXSF is, is proud to partner with Backline to find help for music industry professionals. Learn more by going to backline.care. And just, I guess, that announcement I just read you know, over the last few years, especially, I think, and and you mentioned when you were talking about with Kaiser and and their mental health program or or lack thereof, uh, there is such a it's such a critical time for mental health care. I mean, yes, there are people who have devastating physical illnesses and debilitating physical illnesses, and people who end up in bankruptcies. More than fifty percent of all bankruptcies are are from medical bills, but. But then there's also this piece of mental health care. And I think that this is an area with the, the industries that you are, that North Bay Justice, Justice is really, uh, you know, that works closely with agriculture and also hospitality, where there are a lot of, a lot of issues that really have not been talked about before that do need to be talked about. So I think it's, it's interesting uh, to see what, 
it's interesting to see that people are talking about it a little bit more, but I also feel like we're now starting to start, people are starting to forget that two years ago, we were really in very, yeah. very bad shape. And uh, just as a, as a community, as, as a, and, but just individually, so many people were in bad shape. Is that something that you, for, do you see taking on the issues of mental health and workers as being something that might become a bigger part of your work? Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's uh, it is it's really really important people's people's mental health and and you know there's a lot of different resources out there. Um, you know, we're we're not a um, you know we don't provide that kind of uh, mental health care, um, but we we there's a lot of other organizations that we refer people to, um, and then at the at the same time, you know, we we think it's it's really important that you know, many of the things that we struggle with in terms of our, our healthcare um, are, are really collective challenges. And so how do we really organize to, you know, to, to hold corporations accountable um, on these, on these issues that matter most to us. Um, and so it's, it's both a, you know, personal uh, mental health that we need to think about and our collective mental health. And both of those are, are really integral to, to our whole society and each of us being healthy. Um, and, and so that's, that, that's part of, I think the, 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 the key piece here. And, and we definitely see that, you know, um, the more that people come together and know their coworkers, know their neighbors, um, the more that we're able to, to really, you know, ask for what we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I and I, I noticed that one of the things that you, that you're advocating for are I think it was twelve minimum of twelve sick days a year, and so the idea that sick days don't necessarily mean being physically sick. I mean mental health. There are times when you could just feel like, in the way that you may wake up in the morning and have a cold and feel like I just did not were up going to work today. There are times when you could wake up in the morning and just for whatever's happening, it's like I'm just not going to be at my best. Yeah. So I, I do wonder if we'll be seeing in the future when we talk about the idea of, of personal days and and, be, and workers being given a minimum number of sick days and personal days where uh, we mental health is, is entwined in that. Um, and I don't want to go down that road because we, too much because we just have a few more minutes here. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that would be great to see that we, since we don't have that much time. I would like to ask you first, what are, in as, as being the executive director of a nonprofit organization, um, of one that is real, so steeped in really what is sort of like the, the nexus of environmental, uh, you know, economic and social justice, where you have all these things come together. What are the challenges that, that you're facing? Yeah, I mean, I think that the 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 challenges really are um, as we as we are all experiencing the the impacts of of climate chaos here. We we do find that there are some people, some large uh, you know wealthy corporations who are just doubling down on what what they have done in the past. Um, you know, and and we see that uh, you know we we in the big picture we we see that with the fossil fuel industry that you know despite the fact that we know um, that we need to make dramatic changes in order to to survive um, as a community, there are still people in the fossil fuel industry who are doubling down on extraction, and and it's that same mindset of extraction. Um, that that is happening here locally in terms of some of the largest players in the wine industry, and the, despite the the extreme heat and the drought um, and and wildfires, we we see some some large uh, wineries and vineyards who are doubling down on putting putting uh, nasty dangerous chemicals um, on the ground, including glyphosate Roundup. We're seeing you know uh, folks from the wine industry doubling down on extracting as much water um, as they possibly can, despite there being a drought. And we see some people in the wine industry doubling down on sending low wage workers into the into the into the flames, into the smoke. And and we need to 
get out of that mindset um, and and really move towards a place where we really listen to the workers, listen to the land and have a different relationship with our own labor and different relationship um, with with the land in order to to be able to be resilient in in these um, in these times that are going to be increasingly challenging to live in, and that's so part of the reason why we're both trying to make things better in the jobs that workers currently have, while at the same time developing the future jobs that are that are really urgently needed in climate adaptation and mitigation to make it so that when wildfires happen here, because they will, um, and there will be worse. Um, that they're not as devastating and that and that we actually see you know greater resilience and regeneration from from these times of crisis rather than than uh, more uh, more income inequality and more suffering yeah so just with the few minutes we have left uh um, I think we have about four minutes left so the, the challenges that's just part of your that's just part of daily running an organization too but what often makes you think what makes it worth it is when are the wins. So if you could maybe just tell our listeners about some of the wins that North Bay Jobs with Justice has had over the last few years, I think that'd be really inspirational. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I think that the it's it's the wins. And then I would also add it's it's really the the relationships, right? Because when when we organize, we build we build real relationships that are about you know us being in this struggle together, um, and and they can be you know a huge part of this. And so it's we have to remember always as we're doing this work, it's hard, um, but we got to build with each other for the long term. And then I think in terms in terms of wins, you know, there's there's all the incredible wins um, that we we just talked about in terms of the county policy that includes language justice, disaster insurance, clean bathrooms and water, the hazard pay um, amongst, uh, you know, with with gala workers and their their contractors. Um, but it's also the, you know, we've seen over and over that when when workers, whether it's healthcare workers, um, uh, whether it's hospitality workers, whether it's solid waste and recycling workers, when workers stand up and, and organize, you know, when you fight, you win. And and that that's really been uh, really really clear to us. Um, and and the 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 longer that we do this, the the more that we see that it, it really works. And but we just have to be willing to to build those strong relationships and, and continue to fight together. Okay. Well, since I have you, I think for like another minute or so, uh, what is is there anything on the horizon for North Bay Jobs with Justice? Yeah, so um, next year um, is our 10-year anniversary. Oh. Um, uh, so since we were founded in 2013, and so really excited um, to be uh, to be doing some work that looks back at those 10 years and really celebrates all those victories, all those worker leaders, um, and uh, and then you know really uh, I think it's a you know, it's a, it's a real focus on the resilience work uh, that needs to happen here. Um, as So how do we think about creating new, you know, good family sustaining jobs uh, that can build the kind of resilience in the community and on the land um, that we need as the impacts of climate change worsen? Oh, well, that sounds exciting. And it sounds definitely very, very worthwhile. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Max Bell Alper, who is the executive director of North Bay Jobs with Justice, uh, which is based in Sonoma, uh, but covers Na uh, Sonoma, Napa, and Marin counties, and they are doing great work. For more, if anyone wants more information, where, how can they find out some more about you? Yeah, so you can you can find North Bay Jobs with Justice on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and then at NorthBayJobsWithJustice.org, um, and uh, would love to. You know, the, we're we're stronger when we do this together. Great. Well, thank you so much, Max. This is Pamela Louie, and just want to thank everyone out there for listening to our very first episode of Community Matters. And we'll be back next week. Support for KXSF is provided by Rainbow Grocery a worker-owned cooperative that has been serving San Francisco vegetarian food and providing a model for sustainable living since 1975. 
Rainbow is located at 1745 Folsom Street. Visit them online at rainbow.coop. KXSF would like to thank Rainbow Grocery for its continued support. Community Music Center is a San Francisco vital hub for music education and performance anchored in the city's Mission District and the Outer Richmond. Founded in 1921, CMC is a nonprofit organization providing high-quality music instruction to anyone, regardless of financial means, and inspiring students to reach their fullest potential. For information on classes, summer camps, or how you can help CMC enrich scholarships for in-need students, go to sfcmc.org.